Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by Apostle Kathy L. Ali. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was awesome. Woo. Today is a new day. Today I will be transformed by the power of God by the presence of God, by the word of God, to never be the same. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Wow, those were some announcements, weren't they? Powerful. Those there, they were powerful announcements. My goodness. Hey, um, how many of you, this is your first time here at the well? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't see anyone raise their hand, so I'm not sure if anyone's new or not. Or at least you don't want to admit it. I did see a couple of you slide down in your seats a little bit, but oh, God's good. You can have fun in church. Amen? Um, I, uh, yesterday we went to Kingdom Life uh, Ministries, and um, I was one of the speakers there at a women's conference, and it was a good time, wasn't it? It was so fun. And uh, every speaker got up, and after they got done speaking, they would sing. I was like, ain't happening here. So I just forewarned everybody so that they wouldn't have to, like, plug their ears or leave. So I thought, I am not going to be singing today. So, um, But many people were touched with the presence of God and the power of God, um, including myself. I actually got a prophetic word from one of the speakers, and it was powerful. It was similar to, um, hang on a second. There we go. It was similar to one that uh, Jamie Galloway had released over me um, the last time he was here. But um, one of, part of it I'm going to share with you, because I think it's important for you to know, um, hopefully you already know, uh, your pastor, but uh, one of the things that they said was, um, because of your humility and obedience, God can trust you with his glory. And for me, there was a lot of other parts of the word. That was the one that stood out to me the most. And that's the one that was the most precious to me. Because it's all about him. It's all about his presence, isn't it? And so today I'm going to start on, and won't be able to finish, but I'm going to start on barriers to his presence. And um, there are things that get in our way of being able to really fully operate and function in the presence of God. And I touched on this uh, yesterday, actually, at the conference as well. And I just feel like it's a now word. Say a now word. For where we're at in this season. Um, how many of you know that, according to the Jewish calendar, we've entered in to a new year? We entered into a new decade, and it is a new era. And this is um, really the season of the mouth. Can you say the mouth? So what that means is that what we speak, it's going to produce, which is true anytime, whether we've entered into a season of the mouth or not, but it's being highlighted in this season that what we speak, we are going to see the fruit from. And so we need to be careful of what words we're using. Amen. And so I want you to turn with me. And I I did not give the guys this scripture because it just, um, as always, kind of lands on me while I'm during worship. And let's go to James 3. I want to talk about one of the barriers um, to the presence of God is our mouth. 
what comes out of it. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. Literally, it means mature. Able also to bride the whole body. Indeed, we put in horses, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it boasts great things. See how great a little, see how great a forest, a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and our Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a tree... Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. And I want to stop there, and I want to highlight the importance of the fact that what we meditate on, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Look, we're in a season that we have to really, really watch what we are saying. What is it that you're declaring out of your mouth? You know, it's okay, like if you're talking to somebody, you have an issue that you're, that you're dealing with, or you're, you're wanting counsel, or, or you're having, if you're having marital problems, or if you're sick in your body, or if you're going through things, there's nothing wrong with having a conversation with somebody, but then pray about the situation. Go to God, find out what the solution is. Find the answer, don't get into murmuring and complaining. Don't get into cursing people. Come on, listen to me. When you speak ill against your brother to somebody else over and over and over again, you're actually, what you're doing is you're bringing curses upon them. And what you're doing is, it's it's called gossip. And these things ought not to be so. What we need to do is we need to speak forth, and it goes, it goes everywhere. It doesn't just go with um, your, your, your spouse or, or your coworker or your brother or your sister or your friend. It also is the president of the United States. It's also the people that God has put in offices over us. What are you doing? Are you bad-mouthing them or are you praying for them? Are you saying that everything they're, they're doing is horrible or are you praying for them? We're in a season of the mouth, and our mouth can keep us from the presence of God. And we don't want anything to keep us from the presence of God. Look, this, what we see right here, this is temporal. This right here, this is temporal. Eternity is for eternity. What I sow now is is, is very important because someday I stand before God in the judgment seat. We talked about this before. And what I do is going to be put before God. And I'm going to be accountable for every word that's been spoken. Maybe we should all take communion every morning and ask for forgiveness for the words that we have spoken so that they can fall to the ground and bear no fruit in our life. Amen?
one of the other things um, I'm going to get into is that when we're talking about barriers from the presence of God, how many of you have been driving a car and all of a sudden it's like there's a detour because there's a roadblock? That is so frustrating. And so now all of a sudden, yeah, welcome to Michigan in the summer especially, but all of a sudden now your destination is going to take you maybe twice as long to get there because now you have to go a different way because there was a roadblock. It's the same thing with the presence of God. These barriers are roadblocks. And what they do is they cause us not to be able to enter into his presence because of the fact that we've allowed things to come out of our mouth that defile the people that are around us and defile us. And it's hard then to come into the presence of God with a pure heart. Amen? And I really believe that um, Habakkuk 2, verse 14 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge. That word knowledge literally means awareness of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So I believe that the way that that's going to happen is through you and I. That the glory of God is going to be spread throughout the whole entire earth because we are carriers of his glory. We are carriers of his presence. And that people will know the presence of God by our presence. And that we are going to display his glory, his goodness, his kindness, his love by the way that we act, by the things that we do, how we speak. Amen? And so I believe that Jesus has been knocking on the, door, on the doors of our heart. And I believe that he's been asking to come in and, to, and, and to, to bring transformation into our lives so that he can awaken his bride. There's so much. I mean, I am so desperate. And I, I have remained this way my whole walk with God. I love him so much. And I, I, I want to like I want to be pleasing in his sight, but I want his presence. I have to have his presence. Like when I when I stood up here today and we were praying during uh, pre-service prayer or not pre-service atmosphere prayer, and I just walked up here on the platform, and there and I'm, about, I'm talking about this too. But there was one distraction after another distraction after another distraction after another distraction from the time I woke up this morning to the time that I got here until the time that I actually sat up in the front row. To, for worship. We had one thing after another, after another, after another go on. And so I'm like, wow, all of these distractions. And so I stood up here and I said, God, I need you. I need your presence. I need your anointing. I, I, I need you to come in a way that you can minister to your people, that you can give them the things that they have need of. But we come because we want to worship you, because we want to glorify you, because we want to lift your name up on high. But God, I am asking that you would impart to these people a peace that will surpass their understanding. I'm asking God that you would awaken your church so that they would understand who they are, that they would operate in the authority that you have given them, that your presence would be with them, that your presence would be around them, that your presence is already in them, that there would be an awareness that everywhere they go that they are carrying you, that everything that they do that you are with them, everything that they look at you're also looking at, everything that they say you are hearing, that it's not like we're setting him off to the side when we go on Facebook. It's not like we're setting him off onto the side when you're in the bathroom and doing things that maybe you shouldn't be doing. It's not like you put him off to the side when you're looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at. What you look at, he's looking at. What you're saying, he's hearing. The other thing that keeps us from the presence of God is pride. 
we're often self-righteous. God wants us to be humble. He took the lowest place and he washed the disciples' feet. Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says, Who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider it equality with God, something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in the likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. I believe that humility always accompanies obedience. It's hard to be obedient if you're not being humble. And it's hard to be in the presence of God if you're full of pride. Because pride is what kept Lucifer from the presence of God. I can remember one time I was talking to my mom before she, it was before she was um, saved. And I was talking to her about something. She was being really hard in her tone. And, and she was saying something that was just, it was, frankly, it was just rude. And, and I said, Mom, I said, you shouldn't say that or be like that. And she goes, I'll tell you what, Kathy. She said, I've been this way my whole life. And she, she I can't remember how old she was at the time. I've been this way, let's say, 72 years. And I'm not about to change now. And I was like, wow, that's pride. If you have an attitude that this is just who I am and I don't have to change anything about who I am, that's pride. Because we should always be willing and desiring transformation in our life. And I've touched on this before. I don't care what culture you come from. I don't care how you were brought up. This is our standard. This is our standard. The kingdom of God is our standard. So when you use terminology and words that this is just who I am, and if you don't like it tough, that's pride. And it's impossible for you to be a glory carrier. It's impossible for you to be someone who can carry the presence of God. If you can't admit that you're wrong, if you can't ask somebody for forgiveness, that is pride. And that is accompanied with stubbornness. And with that, you cannot be a carrier of the presence of God because it is a barrier, say a barrier. It is a stumbling block into the presence of God. And this, this burns in me is because it's burning in the heart of God. It's that, just, I just, when I come here, I want to see people, I want you guys to be so hungry for the presence of God that you are bringing other people that you're, you're, you're because of the fact that you're on fire for God remember we prayed for you up front here and, and it's like you're, you're getting ignited with the fire of God that you're bringing people with you but then you also are you're hungry for transformation you're hungry for his presence that you come so early that we're not even ready for you to be here yet because you're so hungry for the presence of God. Are you listening to me? I was in revival and I know what it's like to get there so early and just wait for those doors to open at church. It was not at a conference. It was at church, say at church, even though we are the church, but it was like it was at this building that we went to because we are the church and I couldn't wait to get in the doors. And I had a seat because I was one of those modesty cloth ladies 
Mm-hmm. So, so I had a special assigned seat for myself, but everybody else like would be waiting to like get so they could get into a get, get as close to the front as possible. And then when you start to worship, it wasn't it was it was like everybody just flocked to the front, and people would be out on the floor, and people. I mean, it was just it was crazy. It was like it was like a train wreck, and it was all sovereign. It was all of the move of God. You can't make this happen. I can't make this happen. It has to be God moving upon your heart. But there were people who were broken and hungry. Marriages were being restored. It wasn't just feelings. Listen to me. It wasn't just like people were laughing and it wasn't just a feel thing. People's lives were being changed. So many people got saved in this little city. It was a little town outside of Springfield, Illinois. So many people got saved. So many families got healed. So many marriages got saved. It was unreal to watch what God did with a people that were hungry, that were willing to sacrifice time, willing to sacrifice money, willing to sacrifice whatever it took because they were desperate for the presence of God. The other thing that will keep us from his presence is idolatry. Idolatry diminishes God's glory. When the presence of God is not in a church it's not in your home. If it's not in the city, it's often because idolatry is there. That means that we are lifting up something else that is more important than who God is. Now, there's nothing wrong with um, watching TV or sports or going on Facebook, anything else. But you have to think about what you're thinking about. One, of, one time, I'm not going to share what it was, but I had more focus on something in my life than I did, and it wasn't a bad thing, it wasn't like a sinful thing at all, than I did on God. And God spoke to me, and he said to me, you care more about that than you do me. And I was like, that's not true. (laughs) I I couldn't understand why he would say that. It's because my focus and my attention was more on that than it was on him. And so we have to make sure that we're not framing up idols, that we're not, that we're not um, exalting people or exalting things or wasting time. Come on, we don't have a lot of time to waste. Are you listening to me? When I get up in the morning, I want to be intentional with the hours that I have. I only have so many hours in a day. We all have the same amount of hours. You ever notice that one person gets a lot more done than another person? Because we all can do, we all get to steward our time. So what I'm going to do with my time, what you're going to do with your time, it's important. And we don't want, to ex- we don't want anything to, to get in the way from the glory and of the presence of God in our lives. Amen? Psalm 24, verse 3. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands, Hans, he's has clean hands. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. Who can ascend into the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. I think it's important in this season that we are in. I think it's important all the times, but I feel like there's a, just a heightened sensitivity to what we are doing, what we are, what we are saying, what we are speaking, what we are looking at. I, I think that there's a fear of God coming back into the church. And I think it's important. Um, I, I heard a story. 
I'm going all over because my, my mind's going a million miles an hour. I heard a story from somebody um, recently, and I thought, that is crazy to me, um, about somebody who is married and who is close friends and goes, has breakfast with them, who are women. And I heard, oh, but they're married too. So I'm like, oh, well, that makes it better. So they're having this intimate conversation and connection with someone of the opposite sex that is someone other than their wife. And I said, to me, that is like an open door for an uh uh-oh. Are you listening to me? And the word says to avoid the appearance of evil. And so that's something that we should always be looking at and doing. I'm very mindful of the fact that when I'm out in public that people see me that I don't know are seeing me. And so my actions are very important. And I'm, I am who I am on this side of the pulpit as I am on this side of the pulpit. Are you listening to me? I'm the same person. And so I think it's important that we live our life before God as an open book and that we're transparent and that we're going to make mistakes. I've, I've been very, very transparent up here about the times I've made mistakes. I've had I'm shortcomings. I am far from perfect. I am under construction, and, and I'm grateful for his grace. I'm grateful for his mercy that is new every morning. And I feel like um, it's important that we steward what God has given us and that we walk circumspectly. Are you listening? Because it, we're in a season that I think that if we don't walk circumspectly, that things are going to start to, light is going to be shining, and things are going to start getting exposed. I know this feels like a heavy word. I don't mean for it to be a heavy word, but it's a now word. And I, it, it, we need to like wake up as the church, and we need to be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, as the word says. And I think it's important that we steward what it is that the word says that we're supposed to be stewarding in our life. And this is the walk that I'm walking right now myself. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm saying, God, shine lights, shine the light, shine the light, shine the light, so that I can see the things that I haven't been obedient to do, so that I can be obedient, so that I can be humble enough to do what it is that God's asking me to do, to put down or to pick up, whatever that looks like. And it's not, it's a beautiful journey. It's an amazing walk that we have with God, but it's a difficult walk. If if you think that you came into the kingdom of God and you were going to have this big, broad, unbelievable, like, um, pathway that you're going to walk on, that's not true. It's as narrow as the way. It is narrow. It's not broad. The church has tried to make it broad, but it's not broad. It is narrow. And so, you know, we're... I just don't want to get saved barely because the, the scriptures talk about like, you know, you're going to be fanning in the flame. I don't want to be that person. I want to stay on that narrow road. Are you listening to me? And so I think it's important that, um, that we walk the way that God is requiring us to walk. I have um, an area I want to go into, but I want to wait until next week. I want to share another story. I'm reading a book um, about Billy Graham, what a great leader he was, and one of the things that he did is he had a really high standard. He, to me, he, he just was a man of integrity. And he, he was just a, a guy who like really went for purity and holiness. And he said he would never meet with a woman of the opposite sex alone by himself. And so Hillary Clinton, who is kind of not like your average person, wanted to meet with him privately. 
And he said, sure, I'll do that. He picked the busiest restaurant he could, and they sat in the middle of the room at a table with just her. And that was his private meeting. Why? Because he was going to be above reproach no matter what. Is that living in fear? No, I think that's living by faith, and I think that's living in wisdom. I think that's great godly wisdom. So one of the things um, I believe that the Lord wants to do in this season is that he wants us to encounter his presence in a greater level than we have ever encountered it before. How many of you want that? Raise your hand. How many of you are willing to make some changes in your life? Raise your hand. How many of you think that you don't have to change and who you are is who you are? Knock it off. You're fired. You're fired. Get up here. Let's all pray for Pastor Matthew. Doesn't that sound silly? Yeah, we all have to change. So how many of you are willing to hear the voice of God and be obedient to what he says? Raise your hand. Each and every one of you, including me, I raise my hand, are going to be held accountable for what you just said. And I'm going to pray a prayer because he's so gracious and he's so loving. It's not like he's going to ask us to do something that's going to be bad. It may be difficult. Like if you have to change an attitude... Sometimes that can be the hardest. He's like, look, you got to tone down your tone. And you're like, well, that's just how I talk. God says, I don't care. You're still going to tone down your tone. And you're like, ugh. That's going to take some effort on your part. This whole thing that things just happen naturally. You know what happens naturally? Weeds. Yeah. That's what happens naturally. Let go of your garden for a while. You don't tend your garden, you're going to have weeds. It needs to be intentional. We need to tend our garden. We need to take care of it. We need to nurture the people that are around us. We need to be kind to one another. We need to love one another regardless. Amen? All right, stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for all of us, myself included. You know, thinking about when you get ready to run a race, there's a lot of prep time that comes with that. You're eating the right food, and um, you're running short distances, and then a little longer, and a little longer, and a little longer. And you're, you're working out, you're building your muscle, you're working on your endurance, you're doing all these things. And I feel like that's what God is doing with us, is he's preparing us to be able to run a race so that we can endure it and that we will all finish well. Amen? So, Father, I thank you for this amazing challenge that is not going to be something that is burdensome. It is something that is going to be hope-filled. It is something that is going to add to our intimacy with you. It is something that is going to add to, to us being able to come fully into your presence, to, to like just sit at your feet, to, to feel your heart, and to, and to know, God, 
how you feel about us. There's no, you're, you're so amazing, and you have so many good things that you want to share with your people, with your, with your sons, and with your daughters. And so today, God, we've, we've raised our hand, and we've said, God, please speak to us, Aries in our life, that we need to change. Show us, God. If it's an attitude, show us. If it's something that we're physically doing, you're asking us not to do it anymore, show us. Whatever it is, I ask that you shine the light and that we would walk in humility and receive your correction because we are not illegitimate children. We are legitimate children. And you correct and chastise those whom you love. And so I thank you for doing that today. I thank you for revealing those things to us that we will change by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.